The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Monday, April 19th. If you are listening to this podcast, if you are watching us on the YouTubes, youtube.com slash pick six, it is Sunday, April 18th, and we are going to break down another mock draft because... You know what? Ryan Wilson hasn't done enough mock drafts, and we absolutely need to keep hammering these things and to make him mock after mock after mock after mock. Ryan Wilson, what's up, buddy? Great news. So um, the version of the mock draft we're going to talk about, I think we're talking about my big board, which is the top 150 players that came out last week. A uh, seven-round mock draft comes out Monday. The oh, we're, oh, we're not doing a mock draft, are we? Um I got logged out of my my rundown as I was doing the intro, so That's I was fine. I was scrambling to get you know because we have to get the two to the two factor authentication thing. Uh huh. That's what I was. That's what I was I, trying to do. Uh, yeah. No one else on planet Earth was scrambling but you because of the two factor authentication. But what I was going to say is, in the big board, that's that's a fine topic anyway. But um, seven round mock draft came out April nineteenth on Monday, so you can check that out. That was version thirty three. I think I'm going to break the record for the most mock drafts I've done in a. In a calendar year this is going to be 35 by the time i'm said done um if you're looking forward to draft week i will have a three-round mock draft monday the 26th and then i'll have a final mock draft on that thursday mock draft day on the actual draft day which um almost assuredly will be 98 percent wrong oh no doubt about it we are by the way going to blend wilson's big board in a part of a mock draft discussion so still mock draft monday we would not do big board Big board Monday doesn't have the same panache. Same sport. At least you weren't thinking I was talking about baseball or something. Uh, you know what? I actually got called out for, uh, for talking about golf too much. We're, uh, we were riding down the, the highway on the way back from the beach on Sunday. And, um, you know, I like to listen to other podcasts and I had the around the NFL podcast on. And Dan Hans is for some reason, Dan and, and Mark and Greg, friends of the show, um, were talking about golf. And how they hadn't really gotten into it. And Dan, out of nowhere, says, well, just go look at Princeton's Twitter feed. And this, at this point, my wife turns and looks at me and says, did you, did you know that was coming? I was like, no, I had no clue it was coming. She goes, you know what? If NFL podcasts are talking about your golf tweets, maybe you're watching too much golf. Did you think about that? And I said, no, you got me. I got nothing. 
So and then, and then you did the money thing with the eighty thousand dollars that you won in DFS <laughs> yeah. as AK's trying to drive home. Yeah. Just look at it with Stop the it. Johnny, Stop it. Johnny Manziel fingers. Uh anyway, we'll be doing position rankings throughout the week. Also in the feed is a fantastic mailbag, which I think we had a pretty uh uh you know uh forward thinking, forward looking po- discussion about the number three overall pick, which has become a hot topic around the NFL with with uh the the shift because after we had that discussion the odds took a dramatic shift, and now Justin Fields, the favorite to be the number three overall pick. Mac Jones was minus 303, now just minus 105. Justin Fields minus 125. I'm sure we'll talk about that plenty more in the um, coming two weeks leading up to the draft because certainly things seem to be shifting a little bit. As I mentioned, um, you can watch us on youtube.com slash pick six and a little secret for you. If you want to, if you want to see the episodes free or see the episodes before, you can do that on YouTube. Sometimes they're up before the audio drops. You can watch us on your TV, on your smart TV. You can also watch CBS Sports HQ on your smart TV. And uh, I want to fill you in on what's happening over on the HQ airwaves this week. As always, HQ is your home to start your sports news day with live updates kicking off each morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. And HQ is always your home ahead of the evening's action with live picks from the best analysts and kappas in the sports world each day at 6 p.m. But as we get closer to the NFL draft, leave HQ on throughout the day for the latest NFL news, rumors, and mock drafts ahead of round one on April 29th. Think of HQ as your ultimate NFL draft war room. So check out HQ on your computer, cbssports.com, or via the CBS Sports app on your mobile phone or television. It's always free. It's always on. And there will be a a lot of Ryan Wilson on HQ in the next two weeks. Uh, I was on every day last week, especially in the eight o'clock hour. I'll be on every day next week in the eight o'clock hour. I think around eight thirty is talking about the the seven round mock draft. So buckle up, people. Yeah. Wilson up in your face uh, and with his big board and his seven round mock draft. Let's talk about your top 10 from your big board and sort of, you know, point out discrepancies about where they might, you know, like, cause look, positional value matters in the NFL, right? Zach Wilson, probably not the number two player on your draft board, uh, but he's probably going to go number two overall. Uh, there is no discrepancy, however, at the top. Trevor Lawrence, the best player in this draft, according to your big board and the number one overall pick. Yeah. I feel like we're done talking about Trevor Lawrence. Like, I don't even know what else to say about him. He's not perfect, but he's pretty close to perfect and, uh, whatever percentage close to perfection that he is, the Jaguars is comfortable and they're taking him at one. Is it, does it, do you think it makes the draft more, does it make it more boring or more, like I think the fact that Lawrence, like there's no discussion and I think it makes the draft a little boring because, you know what I mean? Like, well, like Justin, the, Justin Fields and Mac Jones would argue that it's not been boring for them. No, no, I just mean that like there's no debate about the number one overall pick. It takes, yeah, I, I think it takes a little sizzle out of the draft. No, not for me, but there should be more debate about Trevor Lawrence. Cause Trevor Lawrence isn't perfect. Like he, he's not. Um, he's, I mean, he's better than Justin Herbert was coming out of college, but yeah. that's what he has to aspire to. The funny thing is last year I had Chase Young as my number one player on my big board and Joe Burrow was number two and they went the opposite one and two. But the point is that, and you sort of touched on this is that, you know, the positional need and Chase Young is a superstar, but Joe Burrow plays quarterback. I would imagine Chase Young could play quarterback if he wanted to, but he'd probably be pretty good at it. But well, Trevor Lawrence isn't perfect. So well, I, I think. Well, no, I was going to say that like that's the perfect segue to the Kyle Pitts discussion because Kyle Pitts is the number two player on your big board. And like, is there, was there any thought to Kyle Pitts? Is there any thought in your mind to Kyle Pitts being the best player in the draft if you took positional value completely off the table or is Trevor yeah. Lawrence still better than Kyle Pitts? 
That's actually, I think Trevor Lawrence is still better, but that's actually a saucy Will Brinson opinion, especially late in the draft season. God, if I'd done that, the TikTokers would have come to my house and, and make TikToks <laughs> in my, my driveway. I love the TikTokers. Um, <laughs> oh, someone left a great comment. I don't know if Debo had it or if I saw it on the Pick Six podcast, but uh, someone said that you looked happier playing that. That TikTok soundbite than you were probably on your wedding day or when, the day, <laughs> day your son was born. <laughs> Maybe the, the joy on your face was unrivaled. But uh, yeah, Kyle. No, Kyle the only awesome. the, the, the happiest, the happiest. My my favorite was watching the uh, Chargers and Philip Rivers defeat the Bengals in the playoffs while holding my newborn son. The the uh, Sunday after he was he was born on Friday, and then Sunday that game happened. Yeah, the only only sad part about that story is that John Brees isn't here to enjoy it. Yeah, no. Um, so Kyle Pitts, you had when we talked about this on Friday's podcast too. Like you had Kyle Pitts as low as twelve in a mock draft before. Um, how low? How low was he on your? Like how often have you updated this big board? Uh, not uh, like I did it probably in early March just to get a because they needed it for HQ just the rankings, and then this is the final big board. So. Kyle Pitts has always been in the top five. He went 12 in that one random mock draft because they had a bunch of trade ups. It was for yeah, quarterbacks. He got pushed yeah. down. But typically I have him going no lower than six, I think. And that would be Miami's at six right now. Uh, five of the Bengals for the, the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons, I think we all agree that the Falcons probably aren't taking a quarterback at four. So they could either take Kyle Pitts or trade down. And if a team trades up to, to number four, maybe they trade for Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's not outrageous, but you would think they would trade for the quarterback. But I just don't see Kyle Pitts getting past six if the if the teams the Bengals stay at five and the, and the Dolphins stay at six. See, I think the the Dolphins trade with the 49ers, they were only willing to do that trade if they found that other partner in the like they would not have done the trade if the Eagles weren't willing to become that third team as part of the trade because I believe you know because you just do the the math on it it's very easy like if the 49ers trade up to three they're taking a quarterback you know the Jets are taking one you know the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence so. Once you get those three picks in place, if you're Miami, I think they looked at this draft and said, there are three players that we would be willing to acquire. Like we're, this is as low as we're willing to go is six because we want either Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell. Um, and as a result, you know, they know at six that they will get one of those players. It will just be determined by who the Falcons take at four, who the Bengals take at five. I'm of the opinion that it will be Kyle Pitts and then Jamar Chase. I don't know how. That will affect the Dolphins thinking if they're then willing to take Panay Sewell or if they go with maybe one of those Alabama wide receivers. I think they traded up to, I think you're 67% right. I think they traded up to six to get a, a playmaker, whether it's okay. Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Like Panay Sewell, I like a lot, but I mean, you could, I, I, I understand the move down to 12. You're not getting Panay Sewell there. Maybe get Rashawn Slater, who maybe doesn't play tackle in the NFL, but at six, yeah, no, you're right. You can, if that, if Sewell's in the mix, but I think they just want a playmaker, but they also had that other first round pick that they could maybe circle back and get someone there. So you have, uh, Sewell at fourth, uh, on your big board, but falling all the way to eight in the Carolina Panthers, uh, with, I believe, who is, so, well, so explain, explain his dip in this latest, uh, mock draft of yours. Oh, uh, let's see. Let me go. I got to get this thing pulled up. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so Debo's actually working off a seven-round mock draft because that's how Debo rolls. So Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, then Mac Jones goes to the 49ers at three. Kyle Pitts goes to the Falcons. There are no trades in this mock draft. We've talked about the possibility of the Falcons trading down or whatever. At five, the Bengals should take Panay Sewell. But I've been talking to people that think they're going to take Jamar Chase. I think they're they're going to take Jamar Chase. That's idiotic, but, you know, that's 
Why is that idiotic? Are you the are you the are you the the meme guy who thinks it's incomplete if Joe Burrow is getting smashed oh, that's in great, the face? That's a good meme. Yeah, how'd that work out for him? I mean, their offensive line is not good. I, I think when I think about the Bengals, to me, there is a it's a debate in the front office. Do they trust? Do they they because they drafted um, Jonah Williams? Yep. In the first round. And, and so if they drafted Jonah Williams, it's not like they've changed over the front office. And so I think that front office has to continue to believe in Jonah Williams. At the same time, well, you know, if you don't, I mean, first of all, he's been injured. Second of all, there was always the conversation he might play guard. So, I mean, you can change your opinion. I mean, sure. the, the Bears changed their opinion on Mr. Bisky. <laughs> right. Fair, fair. <laughs> I, I'm just, but I'm just saying I can see the Bengals saying we still believe in Jonah Williams and we think that's going to work out. Now, I'm not saying that that's why you should pass up Panay Sewell. I also think the Bengals will want to make Joe Burrow happy, and I think what will make Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow happy is to draft Jamar Chase. Well, he can sit in that wheelchair and, and cheer on <laughs> Jamar Chase like the rest of us. Sure, sure. Uh, so um, look, okay, so they go Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. We, we disagree on, on that. At six, the Dolphins could take Panay Sewell, sort of your theory, but I haven't taken Jalen Waddle because they have to get um, to a, a legit playmaker. And then at seven – the Lions could take Panay Sewell, but if Justin Fields is staring you in the face, come on, man, Jared Goff isn't the answer. So I think they, they think long and hard about Justin Fields. Okay. And then that's how you get to eight with Panay Sewell and the Panthers. So a lot has to sort of fall into place. There's, what, a 18% chance this falls this way for the uh, Panthers? I think it could be higher than that. Okay. I, I don't think this is crazy. I, th- I think you're right about the Dolphins and and – Again, they if they went to six, they have to believe that there are three players they're okay drafting, and maybe that's Devontae Smith, maybe it's Jalen Waddle. I think you're right about the playmaker. You know, you look. You're at, not going to get someone that explosive at at uh, 18 in no. terms of a wide receiver slash tight end. You're going to have to reach up for Rondell Moore, or yeah, Rondell Moore's five seven. We've talked about that, and then, or you know. or like or be willing to overdraft Kadarius Tony. That's right around the range, but he is not as. Ex- I mean, you could go, look, uh, Panay Sewell and the Kadarius Tonys is nice, but who'd I have them taken? I have them taken Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips, who's a, who's an edge rusher. That's so nice. That's nicer. It right? feels that way. Yeah. No, Jalen Waddle's, oh, he's so good. So Kadarius Tony's yeah. good. Sometimes he struggles with focus drops. That'll be some of the things you'll hear as we get closer to this thing, but you can go either way. I, I, I get it either way. If I'm going to argue for, although, well you, like, well, you have Elijah Vera Tucker going 16 to the Cardinals. If the Dolphins go, if they were to trade up or, you know, Vera yeah. Tucker or Slater or Darisaw, and you have Darisaw going 13 to the Chargers. Vera right. Tucker going Cardinals. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. I, I'm just saying if one of those, if, if Slater, Darisaw or Elijah Vera Tucker fall to the Dolphins at 18 and they get Jalen Waddle at, at six, that is a really good first round. And yeah. that's not, and that's not out of, that's not out of the question. Um, I, I think too, I'm, I'm just sort of coming around to this pits at four and, and chase at five thing. I think that's how it's going to fall. A lot depends, of course. Well, let the, me ask you, what's, I don't know if there are odds on this, but what's your hunch on, on the percentage chance the Falcons stay at four? I think it's, I think it's 70%. Oh, really? Okay. I, so the teams that could potentially trade up, I think the Lions are a team that'll trade down. Because they don't have a ton of stuff. There's a, maybe a quarterback that's sitting there for either the Broncos or the, the Patriots and they have but a GM. Justin Fields is there at seven. The fact that the Dolphins, the, the Lions, excuse me, aren't taking him. If Justin Fields is there at seven, I think that a team has, is leapfrogging the Lions in a trade with the Dolphins. 
But then the Dolphins have just worked themselves out of the position they want to be in to take a, a playmaker. Potentially, yes. Well, okay. If the if let's say Justin Fields is there at seven, yeah, I, I guess they take him. That's that's seems likely. So quickly, and then we'll move on. Uh, Mike Lombardi, the former GM, ha- has been on the football team loves Trey Lance train, mm. but he also said last he was, week he went on Veasan. Yeah, is that the gambling show? Yeah, Vegas Sports and Information Network started by Brent Musburger that was eventually sold to DraftKings or recently sold to DraftKings. So he went on there and said that Justin Fields is not going three. So that means how comfortable are you with it being Mac Jones versus Trey Lance? Like what's that percentage breakdown? At three? Yeah. How comfortable would I be? No, what is your I would be, well, you I'll tell you this. I would be extremely uncomfortable because I am highly leveraged on Justin Fields going third overall. Oh, so uh, you don't like to hear that. I do but not I, like to hear that. No, I don't like to hear that. I feel like it's 65, maybe even 70, 30, Mac Jones versus Trey Lance, if that's who the pick is going to be. That seems right to me. I just don't see Shanahan going with Trey Lance, who just has so inexperienced, but, I mean, the upside is through. I, the one thing I read that made sense to me, is that Kyle Shanahan, if you look at how they've operated since they got there, he and John Lynch, they have really leaned into acquiring players that they are familiar with. Hmm. And just they're far more familiar with Justin Fields than Trey Lance. Trey Lance, it's just hard. You can't feel familiar with Trey Lance. You just can't do it because you he played one game in the last – it was an exhibition game. And yeah. Oh, so you're still hanging on to the Justin Fields going three? I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lash out at Mike Lombardi here or anything. But I mean, I mean, I mean, he could be wrong. <laughs> That's not. That wouldn't be crazy. I've talked to three people in the league now. Two thinks it's Justin's. Two think it's Justin Fields. The other, who understands Shanahan, like has a really good understanding of Shanahan the person, and also Shanahan the offense, mm. said it feels like to him that. Uh, Mac Jones makes sense because he had the most success with Matt Ryan. Like just Matt Ryan's MVP it was crazy. Yeah. But then he goes, but maybe he wants to take the next step in terms of the evolution of the quarterback. See, that's the thing. And we don't want to turn this into a Mac Jones versus Trey Lance, you know, like versus dead, Justin Fields. Yeah. Versus Justin Fields, excuse me, dead horse thing. But do you really give up three first round picks to go get Mac Jones? That's the other conversation that people in the league are having. <laughs> and, Kyle Shanahan has worked with Justin Fields a ton. You heard, you know, I, I, did we talk about the Peter King podcast with um, John Beck, former? Oh, what did John Beck say? I don't know. If we John Beck, is, John Beck is Justin Fields and Trey Lance's quarterback coach this season, and and one and maybe Zach Wilson too. And he pointed out he he said that I mean, he was just like Justin Fields would be a perfect fit in the Kyle Shanahan offense, which no. which he has to say that. No, but but John Beck played for Kyle, for the Shanahan's in in Washington and understands the offense. Like, there's a lot of threads of connectivity with Justin Fields and the, and the 49ers. And I sort of wonder if there isn't a little bit of. So, I mean, anyway, I think it's a big smokescreen. I think they're taking Justin Fields at three. I think that buzz started to pick up late last week, and so maybe that's why somebody like Mike Lombardi hears the 49ers don't leak out anything that's going to happen. Nothing, anything that, like. And you're telling me that they trade up and then immediately everybody knows it's for freaking Mac Jones? Makes no sense. Hey, don't, uh, I don't even know what the, the hip word is. Don't throw shade my way. I was on the Mac Jones trains early. 
You were on the Mac Jones trade early. He is not, however, in your on your top ten uh, big board. Who that else? was by design, in part because I knew there was going to be a break after ten people, and I was going to write a little paragraph explaining the top ten. But coming up, once you scroll down, people were angry about that. Once you scroll down, though. Okay, so you have Devo- uh, Penesel at four, Devontae Smith at five. You have him dropping to 12 in this mock draft. Micah Parsons at six, dropping to 17. Zach that's, Wilson. Uh, that's more off field, but that's the only reason. Okay, Zach Wilson is in your top 10. Jalen Waddell at eight, and you have him going six. Rashawn Slater at nine. What's the gap between Sewell and Slater for you? It's not much. Um, I've talked to a couple folks in the league that think Slater is at his best at guard. Uh, and some people think he's okay at tackle. So, you know, you're getting Quentin Nelson instead of Joe Thomas or whatever. And, and mm. if you're okay with that, and that seems certainly a, an okay place to be, <laughs> Quentin Nelson's pretty good. Quite. But, um, he's, he's not, uh, viewed in everyone's eyes in, in the NFL as a, as a, um, left tackle. And so we always it? talk about the Ohio State game in 2019 when he did really well against Chase Young. Um, someone pointed out that, that Michigan game that year where he was playing Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich, he wasn't doing nearly as good. So, you know, there are instances where he's dominated, instances where he he's um, been less so. But I like Rashawn Gary a lot. Obviously, he's a I'm going eleventh overall, so he's a top ten guy in my mind in general. Okay, um, and then rounding out your top ten, Patrick Sertain at number ten. You haven't been drafted number nine, so really the only huge discrepancies here are Devonte Smith and Micah Parsons. I, Smith falling to twelve would be pretty wild, man. Well, he weighs one seventy, and that's the concern. I mean, and Michael Parsons is potential off-field stuff. Those, so those are the only two reasons. True or false? Smith fell to 12 because you wanted to kiss up to Debo. Yeah, I felt Debo needed some, some kissing up too after that athletic article came out about the Eagles. So I gave him a playmaker. That was rough, man. Yeah, we didn't, we should have. You don't, you don't believe this, but Debo hasn't, hasn't brought himself to read it yet. He just can't do it. Really? Is that true, Debo? Facts. That, that's, that's something Ryan and I discussed while awaiting your presence on this call. You actually haven't read it? No. I'm, I'm sure in a good headspace with my sports fandom right now with my basketball team. So I'm not trying to like, I'm just looking forward to number 12 right now. Who's going to win the MVP, Joker or Embiid? Don't matter because I got tickets on both. Let's go. Who's Joker? Nikolai Joker. Jokic. Oh, he goes by no, Joker. No, no, no. Nikola Jokic. I was called him Jokovic. Doesn't matter if you can say his name as long as you got that, you got that long shot <laughs> ticket. I got Joker at 12 to one. I got Embiid at 35 to one though. You got a chance. Yeah, got a chance. Le- Le- a Le- chance. LeBron will probably ruin it, no doubt. Um, I, I think, I, I actually, I don't think it's crazy that Smith could fall to 12 when you start actually digging it. Cause the, I don't, the Panthers, in, so one of Waddle or Smith is getting through the first six picks. And then it kind of comes down to what will Detroit do? I think the Panthers are really going to go offensive tackle unless Justin Fields is there at eight. Denver, clearly a quarter, a quarterback is, is in play there, but you know, I, I do like, wonder if the Teddy Bridgewater connection that JLC's talked about, if that just puts them as a possible trade down candidate too. For sure. But I think Denver and Dallas make a ton of sense to go skill position guy or to go defensive player. Excuse yeah. Me. Those guys ain't drafting a wide receiver. Right. Exactly. And then New York will be interesting because they could go skill position guy, but certainly if one of those big offensive linemen are there, you could see Dave Gettleman falling in love with him. And so then all of a sudden it's 12 and, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle are, are there. And that's when it feels. Yeah. No, that's the math because Dave Gettleman, I've had Devontae Smith going 11 before, but I mean, you know, Dave Gettleman loves fat guys and that's what usually happens. Yeah. And I would, I can see Dave Gettleman talking himself into 
a an offensive lineman having a greater 2021 impact on Daniel Jones's positive production than an extra yeah. wide receiver when he just paid Kenny Galladay a bunch of money. That's so. the that's the Cincy Bengals Joe Burrow conversation for sure. Um, all right, so let's take a quick break. When we come back, where does Mac Jones rank on Ryan Wilson's big board? We'll tell you next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So at 11, who is number 11 on your big board? McCorkle. McCorkle. What is it? Andrew McCorkle Jones? Michael? It might be Michael McCorkle Jones. Michael McCorkle Jones. Matt Jones at number 11. And number 12, Justin Fields. Wow, the shade. Just to, yeah, just to anger the Justin Fields supporters even more. I like both these players a lot. I say it all the time. I like Mac Jones better in the sense that I feel like he's more NFL ready to start four months from now, whenever this September is, as opposed to Justin Fields. And that's the only difference. I say it all the time. If Justin Fields had returned to Ohio State, he'd be Trevor Lawrence next year because we would have very little to, to worry about with him. And I think he'll actually be good um, as an NFL player. But I like Mac Jones a little better. I... I have found myself, this is, it's a very bizarre twist of, not twist of fate per se, but, uh, you know, I, fandom. I, I was staunchly against Justin Fields as a, yes, twist of fandom is a good choice, uh, against Justin Fields, not as a, like earlier on in the year, I just thought he struggled against the Blitz and that he wouldn't be quite ready to, to enter the NFL. And now because of the, uh, betting markets, I am, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a massive Justin Fields fan. Did you get any early money on Mac Jones or no? I did not. I wish I had, obviously. Um, a lot of people, a lot, you know, a lot of people have like, so I did, now this is interesting. So I have Mac Jones over three and a half at plus 200. So two to one that he is drafted fourth or later. That's going to be close. It's going to be close. Mm-hmm. Circus Sports in Las Vegas opened up the, um, a Mac, all, so on Friday, for like right as we were recording the podcast, no, on so like Thursday afternoon and Friday, it was mostly Thursday afternoon. I think all the odds completely shifted. Mac Jones was like minus three hundred to go third overall. Justin Fields was uh like three to one, two and a half to one. Completely flipped, and all the Mac Jones props came off the board. Then on uh, over the weekend, Circa Sports in Las Vegas, who they're a really uh, transparent, great book, new book, but have done a tremendous job. Um, you know, being a, a good sports book for customers, which is not something you see often. They opened up a Mac Jones prop. Do you know what the over under for Mac Jones in this new prop was? I mean, it's not two and a half. No, it's not. It's going the other way. Nine and a half. Oh my God. I hope you bang that under all day long. Uh, it's in Vegas. I can't touch it, but 
Yeah. Oh. Because, I mean, yes, I would. Call Kenny White. Yeah, sorry. Kenny, I need you to put, uh, what are you doing, Kenny? (laughs) I need you to put three units at the Circus Sports for me. Um, I guess you could actually do that, but the, the under is minus 165. So that's pretty expensive. Uh, that under is going to hit all day long, my man. He ain't getting outside of nine. Right. He's not falling to 10. He's not falling to, he's not going to fall to five. I feel like, I feel like if he's there at four, there's going to be some people looking to move up and get him. You think somebody will trade up to four to get Mac Jones? Yes. Okay. Even if it's five or six or seven or eight, he's not getting over nine and a half. I feel like I think I th- I'm at the point where I don't think that anyone is going to pay the price that the Falcons want to move to four. And the only team that might have been willing to do it was the Panthers, and they're not trading inside the division. That's just kind of where my area. But there, I just don't think there's a situation where he gets outside of the top ten. Oh, I don't think he falls out of the top ten. I think he'll go. Well, then you'll like the under. Yeah, if I could bet it, I would, because I have the over three and a half, and I would okay. have a, I would have a sweet window to, to yeah. get both. Um, so yeah, uh, Mac Jones at eleven, Justin Fields at twelve for you, J.C. Horn at thir- thirteen, Aziz Ojolari at fourteen, and Elijah Vera Tucker at fifteen. So you like Vera Tucker? So your order of the offensive tackles is Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, and then Christian Darasol at seventeen. Well, the interesting thing is, Bear Tucker probably almost certainly will play inside. I think he has really short. I think he has 32 and a half inch arms, which is pretty short. Some teams care about that. Some teams don't. And he played really well at left tackle last year after Austin Jackson left to go to the, to the Dolphins. But I, I like him better as an offensive lineman, quote unquote. He and Rashawn Slater above Christian Derrissaw. Think about Christian Derrissaw is, and I heard this over during the season is that play to play, he's not always locked in. Like he athletically, he does a lot of things well, but, um, you know, it's that, all right. You gotta, you gotta be focused and it wasn't always there. So Pete likes Darisol a lot and he has a chance to be good. I mean, there's no two ways about it. He's 17th for crying out loud, but I like, uh, Vera Tucker better in terms of play by play and like Rashawn Be- uh, Slater a lot better. Um, in terms of him being able to roll in day one and, and play. Okay. And then edge rushers start popping up here. It really just hammers home what a weak edge class this is. You know, Quinny yeah, Pay, I mean- Quinny Pay at 16, Jalen Phillips at 18. We can in the sense that it's not Chase Young, but I mean, this is where Caleb on Chase on would be last year. And yeah. these, guys, these guys are right around that, that sort of talent level. You know, there's right? no elite edge rusher. That's kind of a big deal. That's I mean, right. There are no elite guys, but there's some good guys. We've had the, you know, the two Bosa's, Chase Young, and there's somebody else, maybe Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, if you want to go back to Clowney. Yeah. I mean, there's usually one really, elite edge rusher who's up there in the top five. And that that would change the dynamics of this draft dramatically if there were a top shelf edge rusher, because then if you're Atlanta, you're thinking, hell yeah, we're getting this guy at four. And then, and then it moves. It it was just the the importance of the edge position and pass rusher in the NFL is such that if there were a chase young type in, if there were a chase young type in this draft, it would be really interesting to see where he went. Imagine the Falcons are still late. They would be getting chase young. At four, at four, right. right. If he's in this draft, because although you might be are the 49ers trading up for Chase Young, or yeah. the or do the Dolphins trade out of three? That's if Chase Young's there, I mean, they might yeah. say no. Listen, for three first round picks, probably. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, so that would have been super saucy. Yeah, because but the thing is, I mentioned Jadavian Clowney because someone put a clip on the Twitter machine last week that had the 2014 draft, uh, the ESPN coverage with with um, Mel Kiper talking up Jadavian Clowney. And this was, must have been one of the early picks. And John Gruden, who was still working for ESPN at the time, yeah. 
said, uh, it has to be Johnny Football. He is amazing. Like, I did the quarterback show with him. I know he's going to be a fantastic. You know, uh, quit talking. Yeah, like, oh. Do the, uh, Jonah, the Jonah Hill. Quit there, was a, there was another one where he's hyping up another quarterback, too. It's like, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Gruden. They should play that before every draft meeting in the two weeks running up to the big board uh, presentation by the by the Raiders, just to remind them that John Gruden should probably cede some of that authority to to, to Mike Mayock. Seriously. I want to tell you about the all-new Stitcher podcast app. It's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player. Stitcher is home to all your favorite podcasts from classics like My Favorite Murder, This American Life, and How Did This Get Made? All the CBS shows as well are on there. The First Cut, Fantasy Baseball, and of course your favorite podcast, The Pick 6 Podcast. In Stitcher, you have more control like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed. With Stitcher, you can listen to your podcast anytime, anywhere. So Give the all-new Stitcher a try. Download it in the App Store or at stitcherapp.com slash download. Okay, some other notable guys from your big board. Oh, I love when Debo takes all these, the, the hard names. Levi Onwuzurike. That's pretty close. Onwuzurike. Okay. Yeah, Onwuzurike. Uh, he is 30, he goes 32nd overall, I assume, to the Buccaneers, unless they trade it out in your... Nope, oh, nope. No, yeah, no trades. That's right. So, uh, 22nd overall on your big board, Jason Owa, uh, 31st in the late, Owe. That's the one I mess up. 23rd, uh, on your big board, Carlos Basham, 31, Travis Etienne, 33, and then Tevin Jenkins, 37, Asante Samuel, 38, which you have him going in the first round, and Rashad Bateman in the first round as well at number 46 on your big board. Anybody stand out from that group? Yeah, so I had Rashad Bateman going to the Packers. The Packers need a wide receiver. They have to figure out how to draft one in the first round. It's not that hard. Rashad Bateman, <laughs> and here's where I keep coming back to. Look, he had an awesome 2019. Like, he was a top 30 guy in 2019. He got COVID last June. Um, he looked like he had lost some weight during the season, that stop-start season they had in the Big Ten. Didn't play quite as well. I think he's going to be back to the guy we saw in 2019. So he, he has a chance to go in the first round. Asante Samuel Jr., obviously his dad's Asante Samuel uh, of the Patriots. Um, he's 5'10". And he compares his game to Jair Alexander. I think he told, um, and Debo can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he told BMAC and Pat Pete that on, on the All Things Cover podcast. And he plays sort of like Jair Alexander. So the 510 doesn't really bother me that much. Travis ATN, uh, 33rd overall on my big board, had him going 24 to the Steelers because they need help at running back. I would be happy with Travis ATN or Najee Harris or even Javante Williams. That would be a fun pick in the top. Uh, top 20, 32 picks because people haven't really focused on, on Javante Williams, the running back at UNC, but he's a really good player. And, uh, I yeah. saw, uh, a, was it Jerry Dulac maybe who said that he thinks the Steelers will go running back in the first or second round? A lot of the local Steeler beat reporters think it's going to be, uh, running back going early, but they have a ton of needs. They cut Steven Nelson, the cornerback, offensive tackle. You know, I wish they would draft Kellen Mond, the quarterback, in round two, but they ain't going to do that, which I find slightly annoying. But so, Big Ben or ride or die, Big Ben. Uh, the other, uh, this is an interesting take. I, I, um, and I'm going to. So, Peter Schrager appeared on a PFF podcast and said, "Yeah, there, he, that, there are no TikToks about Peter Schrager because the way he clapped back is clear to me that he's not used to." Oh, so you saw heat. it. You saw it. <laughs> this is awesome. So, Peter Schrager. Is on the PFF podcast and says Kadarius Tony, my I, Peter Schrager, friend of the podcast. I don't know. He might have bailed when he was supposed to do a mock draft before. But anyway, Kadarius Tony might go top fifteen. He might go before Devontae Smith. Schrags, who's a great dude, is really like he he is plugged into a bunch of people around the NFL. He he hears lots of things, and it would behoove people to listen to him. 
Uh, Austin Abbott, whoever that is, uh, he claims to be specializing in dynasty and fantasy football and says, claims good vibes only, y'all. Did not have good vibes for Shrakes. We need to start holding people accountable, man. It takes, it's takes like these that are simply for clicks slash follows. Put out quality content, be authentic, and as always, good vibes only, chief. At P Shrags and then take, post the picture of it. Shraker responds, clicks to what? I'm not familiar with your name, but I'm sure we can have a more nuanced conversation. Ow! He said, I yeah. did. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, what clicks? He's like, it's a PFF podcast. It is a weird, it was a weird accusation. Like, what is the clicks? What, what is he, what is he, what is he looking for? He did somebody else's podcast and said that. I wonder, Ryan, do you think there's any veracity to the idea of Kadarius Tony going top 15? Yeah, of course. Uh, you, we're the time of year where no one's telling the truth. So you have no idea. No one's telling the truth to the media and no one's telling the truth to these NFL teams when they circle back and try to talk to the college teams about the players they're double checking on. It's, you know, two and a half, three weeks of lies. So that's what it is. I do find it hysterical. Well, it's, it's downright disrespectful when you say, I don't know. I don't recognize your name, which is clearly, I don't, I don't care what you have to say, but I do find it hysterical that people on Twitter think everything they read on Twitter is true. So they have, that gives them right just to to mouth off at people about this is idiotic. Like you have no idea. Like no one knows. So yeah, yeah Darius Tony could could one hundred percent go in the top fifteen. Yeah, would it be a not, surprise based on Twitter? Yeah, it would be. But that you know, expand your horizons. The the notion that could it's like this this guy's doing this for clickbait. It's like, he did it on somebody else's podcast. And he doesn't write. Yeah, he did. He has a mock draft. Uh, you know, if Kedaris, he does two things a year, he has two mock drafts. That's it. Right. It's, it's wild. And Devont, there are going to be teams in the NFL. We just talked about it with Devontae Smith and the Giants. Like it's not crazy to suggest Dave Gettleman thinks Devontae Smith is too small and would prefer, uh, you know, a different type of wide receiver if he goes wide receiver. So that suggestion is just asinine. Um, correct. Anything else before we get out of here? You and I both have to go. Are you playing soccer or coaching soccer? <laughs> My son's playing soccer. My 14 year old. I have to go watch. You go watch soccer. Yeah. Um, I gotta go, I gotta run around and coach soccer. Do you coach the defenders or you're up in the front of the field? Where are you? It's just sort of, I'm running all over the place. Good exercise, actually. I was going to say, you should wear, like, again, I, I'm going to bust out the, the cable guy reference. You should wear the Jim Carrey outfit to play, play pickup basketball, the headband, the short shorts, the knee socks. We had a, we, we had a tie last week, one to one, scored a goal oh. late, scored a goal late. We were down, we're losing and scored a goal late. So very proud of our team. How for long rallying. is the field? Oh, it's, not, nah, it's not too long. Is it even, it's not even 50 yards. It must be like probably 40 yards, something like that. Yeah. It sounds about right. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. Perfect I mean, for old people to get exercise. It, it is crazy how out of position oh, these kids it's, get. It's a clump of people falling a ball. I know. I, I try to tell, and you know, the kids who are on defense are just standing there, like. <laughs> I'm like, listen, you gotta flow with the ball. If the ball's on this side, you need to be. And they're just like, what are you talking about, old man? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, uh, best right. of luck to you. Well, thank you, and best of luck to your son. I hope he succeeds <laughs> in all his endeavors as in soccer and life. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll talk this week, Wilson. Thanks, buddy. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.